Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dr. Pamela Gums is our very special guest, part of a continuing series with uh, the lady who has recently uh, been a subject of a documentary, and she's gotten accolades from. Uh, everywhere you can imagine, United Pharmacy at Berkeley is uh, is her vehicle and and her uh, you know life's work or a lot of her life's work I should say and uh, tremendous uh, respect coming from all over to Dr. Pam and Dr. Pamela Gums. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Well, it, when the last time we spoke, I remember we had a show scheduled and it was like for uh, right around Martin Luther King's birthday and then you know all kinds of things happen and we uh, and we were scrambling and we never got a chance to do a proper tribute to dr king and uh and, and i i i thought you would uh, i i thought you'd really do um a, a real justice for a great great man who changed the world and um you know again we're not in a perfect world but uh he definitely made it uh, a lot better than he left uh, when he then when he came into it that's for sure yeah, well, he did. He did make quite quite an impact on the civil rights movement. Yeah, well, no through question. nonviolence and peace. Do you remember the first time you heard about Dr. King? Well, the first time I heard about him was when he brought the plight of a black woman to the masses. That was Rosa Parks, refusing to give up her seat in the first row of the black section of the bus to a white man. And the driver put her in jail instead of just putting her off the bus. Now, that was a sad story for all women across the United States. But it was um, wonderful in a way because uh, here comes this minister from out of nowhere who um, decided to stand up for her. He brought her plight to the masses and showed them that... um, it's civil rights. He also showed her women's rights. And the women of the world appreciated that even more than perhaps half the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Blacks had to pay at the front of the bus, but they could only enter the bus using the rear door. Yeah. Wow. I mean, where we come as a society, but what an embarrassing... Uh, time in our in our nation's history that something like that could actually go on. Uh, did you ever spend uh, time in the uh, in the South early on in life? I uh, know I did not. I'm, I'm from the East Coast, um, and I've I guess the only place I I've been is New Orleans in the South, <laughs> uh, and those are mostly to conventions. Yeah, that was after the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, That's right, huh? It, were you, you know, were, were you were aware of, of the well, of course, uh, I guess everybody was aware, and the, and the national press covered it, but I, I don't know that many people were aware of Dr. King before Rosa Parks, before that developed, and that really that springboarded, and that that terribly racist bus driver, who did this terrible thing, um, he ignited, you know, he ignited a cause and a uh, and he sparked. 
something that should have been done a long time ago and and you know maybe the timing was just was just right but what a, a terrible act um, resulting in in a lot of awareness of what was going on and I think people uh, in general uh, were, were horrified and people in the in the north were horrified of what was going on down in the south uh, what was your reaction to Rosa Park not uh, Rosa Parks not being able to uh, sit where she wanted to in the in the in the bus. Well, well, it was Rosa Parks was sitting in the black section of the bus anyway. Right. But she was sitting in the first row of the black section, and the bus driver thought that since the white section was right in front of her, when a white man got on the bus, he thought that he could tell her to get up and give her seat to that white man. But she refused. She was in the proper place, and she could not see any reason for moving. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, you know, absolutely amazing that we're, that we could have this conversation, and it's, you know, in our lifetimes that this actually happened. And, you know, the one thing, uh, Dr. Pam, that I want to point out, and again, let me remind folks that are just tuning in late or turning on their computers or their radios a little late, Frank McKay here with Dr. Pam Gums of United Pharmacy, and she's out of Berkeley, California, and there's a new documentary. You'll be able to see it in many spots, and, uh, you know, certainly YouTube and, and you know, all other uh, places, but um, Dr. Pam is our guest once again, and binge listen to everything else that we've done here. Frank McKay with Dr. Pamela Gums. Uh, Dr., Dr. Pam, the idea that uh, that things were so terrible, you know, back then. And let's, you know, let's go to 68, 1968, when the civil rights protest and wa- uh, and, the, and the walks were going on. And these, you know, these police officers were uh, spraying hoses, fire hoses at men. It was, mo- you know, men and women, but, uh, but black men who were walking uh, peacefully and, uh, and, and trying to bring attention to something. And they were they were getting hosed down with some, uh, you know, a very powerful fire hose. But when you saw the the footage, even look back and see it now, you can see that footage. It's mostly black and brown faces there. The the events that happened recently in the last couple of years, the the positive uh, that I see in there is that in the Black Lives Matter marches that uh, there were white faces in there and there were Asian folks in there and there were, you know, people were walking together and, it, and it's a much more diversified crowd protesting the, uh, the problems that, uh, that exist uh, still against African-American people. And uh, I think Dr. King would have, would have loved the fact that there are, uh, there are all people from all races are standing up against injustice at this point. In 1968, it was mostly African Americans um, protesting for the uh, for for their own rights. Uh, the white people really didn't chime in on it. Your thoughts? My thoughts. Um, okay, when you when you hit 1968, that was the year he got assassinated. Um, <laughs> So I was, uh, yeah. Do you remember where you were in 68? In 68? Well, yeah, you were on, uh, you were on the Northeast, right? You were in, um, you know, you were probably still in, um, Massachusetts, right? I could have been. Um, I think, uh, 
I could have just started over to California. Um, well, wherever you were, whether it was in Massachusetts or... But anyway, it was a really sad day to see um, what happened to him. After all the... Uh, after that beautiful bus bo boycott that he put through... Uh, that, that was amazing. No question. How he could organize the community and put through a boycott that lasted 382 days. Amazing. I mean, uh, in, in peaceful. Well, that was that was him. I mean, he uh, he modeled a lot of what he was doing after uh, Mahatma Gandhi. And uh, and that was peace, peaceful protest. That was nonviolent um, protest. And you know, Dr. King was, um, yeah, he was just, he was, he was one of a kind. And if not for Dr. King, I'm not sure where we would be as a country, as a, a as a people, as an American people. I don't know um, how how far we would have been set back. But every once in a while, you know, the right man is in the right place, or the right woman is in the right place at the right time. And uh, I can't say enough about Dr. King. Well, his I Have a Dream speech was uh, in 63. That was really nice. And especially they, they had 250,000 people marching to the Lincoln Memorial peacefully. And it was quite a, um, it was quite different than what happened last year with the Trump people marching on Capitol Hill. Oh, my gosh. And knocking out the windows and doing so much violence. Uh, that was terrible. It was January. a night and day between the two. Right. Uh, and by the way, uh, January 6th, I mean, that was, you know, that was uh, domestic terrorism, if you ask me. I mean, um, what they did uh, was anything but peaceful. And I think six people died because of their actions and they you know god knows how many other people would have died if if they would have gotten their hands but that was a mob is what that was that was a mob of people uh storming the capitol uh what uh what dr king put together and the african-american people that marched and others that marched on uh on washington that was um that was just a, a thing of beauty. That was a, uh, it, it was peaceful. And for that amount of people, and there's a lot more people and we're here on January 6th, um, that wasn't a mob. That was, th those were Americans exerting their rights and uh, in their, um, and, and really putting their, their cells on the line because they knew, they saw the uh, newsreels. They saw that people were getting sprayed down with hoses and, and everything else. They know they could have been shot by racists or, Clan members or KKK, you know, whatever. Um, but they still they put themselves out there, and especially Dr. King, um, you know, to lead the way. I mean, he was uh, he made himself a very easy target, and of course, lost his life because of it. Yeah. Well, and also he's the youngest man to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Uh, that's fascinating. That's amazing for a black man. Uh, yeah, I wonder who was youngest before him. He was a very young man. He was in his 40s. He was 35. 35 years old when he won the Nobel Prize. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't, right, he didn't live very long. How old was he when he died? Do you have it in front of you? 
I don't have it. Well, if he was 35 and 64. Oh, he died in 68. And 68, he, he was um, 39, huh? Right, 39 <laughs> years old. Wow. In, in a short period of time for a young man, what Dr. King was ever was able to do, uh, just just absolutely fantastic. Frank McKay here once again, but much more importantly, Dr. Pamela Gums is our very special guest, part of a continuing series, and we are going to uh, urge everyone to watch the documentary when it's when it's ready, and, and it's 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 just about ready. It looks terrific to me, and uh, I got a little preview of it. And uh, just, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, a wonderful uh, story and, you know, of, of someone getting their doctorate at a time when a lot of African-Americans um, uh, had an, a big uphill battle to get into certain schools and, uh, and, and acceptance. And, and I'll tell you, I, both you and your brother, Dr. Gums, Dr. Pam, uh, you, uh -huh. your, your brother got his doctorate as well. Yes, uh, he's a physicist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just yeah, tremendous. Uh, was, was he on the out, uh, West Coast with you, or did he stay on the East Coast? Uh, he went to Brown University. That was on the East Coast. Ivy League. Uh, yes, uh-huh. School, which is uh, absolutely terrific. Um, by the way, Dr. Dr. King had a, uh, King had a great, um, great line, and I use it often. Uh, what he said was, um, if, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But please, God Almighty, keep moving forward. Keep making progress. And I thought that was a beautiful, that was a that was a beautiful uh, statement. And I use it, and I've stolen that uh, many. Uh, Many uh, many times, and I've used that. By the way, he went to—I didn't know this—but um, he went to Boston University. So he was in your neck of the woods uh, at uh, you know at one time. Did you? Were you That's really you went, went there. I uh, no, I I was not. Huh? It's interesting. He would be ninety-five today. I don't know when they wrote. Well, he would be older. He would be uh, he would be ninety-six. Uh, or yeah, he'd be ninety-five if he was still alive. And you know who knows what in you know who knows what would have happened, um, how much quicker the process would have uh, would have gone on, and I and boy I, it would have been just something for Martin Luther King to see Barack Obama become elected president, and you know uh, you know at the time when those marches were going on in 1968, there was no hope for for an African American man to be uh, ever elected uh, president. And it was just too much prejudice in the in the country. And you know, here we are in 2008 when that happened. Uh, I, I what was uh, what was your feeling about Barack Obama? Did you think he was going to win when you initially heard that he was running, or did you think it was uh, uh, it was an uh, uphill battle? What was your thought on Barack Obama when he first uh, when he first appeared to run for president? Now he was running against. Um... Was he running against Hillary? Yeah, um, in a primary, Democratic primary, he beat him. Okay. So, so I wasn't sure. Now, uh, we all wanted a woman to win. Women wanted women to win. <laughs> but, um, but uh, unfortunately, she didn't get too far because half the women in the world don't believe that women can be a leader. 
and that's the only reason she didn't even make it against Trump. And nobody believes in women. Women don't believe in women. <laughs> well, I was glad to see uh, Obama. Yeah. Really glad. Um, but I, I think I would have voted for Hillary <laughs> if I thought a woman could win. Yeah. Uh, but Obama did a fabulous job. I. Uh, yeah, I mean, no. Listen, no scandals. How about eight years of uh, of the presidency and nobody, nobody in his family had a scandal. Those two young girls, well, they were little girls at the time, and they they got through, and they were just, you know, and they was they were polite and intelligent, and and so uh, you know, such a, a pleasure to watch uh, grow up a little, and you know, of course, Michelle Obama was. Uh, you know, she might be. You know, one day. You know, if she ever ran for president, I think she would. I think she would win in a in a heartbeat. Um, she, you know, would have the same popularity, maybe even a little more, and maybe the women would come out and and even more more and support her uh, for the presidency. I think there's going to be a big big push one day to get her to run for president. That would be wonderful. It's nice to see a woman lawyer. Like I well, Hillary's a lawyer too, correct? Um, yeah. Yeah, she is. Uh She went to Yale, uh, Yale Law School, if I if I remember correctly, and um, she met uh, Bill Clinton there. You know, President President Clinton. But yeah, well, I mean, on on that front, either one of the Democrats that were were running in two thousand and eight would have broke, you know, a barrier. Uh, Barack Obama by being the first African American to be elected, and Hillary, if she would have won. The uh, the primary and went on to to beat John McCain. She would have been the first woman uh, to uh, uh, to to be president. Um, look, uh, Michelle Obama. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, uh, Michelle Obama um, has not said she's interested in running, but uh, there is some talk that um, people would like to draft her to uh, to to get her the run. Uh, Kamala Harris is our uh, current vice president and. Um, she's an African American. She well, she's a, a woman of color, and she's an attorney as well. And uh, you know, I don't know. Do you have a you have a thought on Kamala Harris? Well, she she doesn't appear quite ready yeah. for this um, for the office yet. Um, they just sort of uh, I think they overloaded her with. Um, yeah. They gave her too many duties, I think. Well, some people are saying saying that, um, and you know, l- listen, l- we'll see how it uh, how it all plays out. Um, uh, you know, tricky position. I, you know, the the presidency is a, um, uh, you know, something, you know, you really have to want to do. You put your life on, on on the line, and and it's out there. And any little mistake you made, if you say the fifth of May instead of the fifth of May, it becomes a big story. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's a very difficult, did you ever have aspirations to run for office? Uh, no. You never did? No, 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 no. I'd I'd rather be, I'd rather be part of your supporting committee. I could provide all the information that you needed. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a much different role, which is nice to be behind the scenes. Uh, final word on Dr. Martin Luther King. His legacy. Oh. What 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 remains uh, the the lasting impression you have of Dr. Martin Luther King? Well, okay. Um, he was the first person 
to have a nonviolent demonstration in the United States. Um, and I think that's what he's going to be known for. Uh, he could organize, like I said, 250,000 people and more. He organized the bus cart, the boycott of the buses, um, 300 cars to take people back and forth to work for over a year, uh, shutting down the city's bus system. Uh, how peaceful, nonviolent a person, even today we can't even imagine it, someone doing that. Amazing. Yeah, just an amazing life, an amazing career. Uh, our conversation has been about the great Dr. Martin Luther King uh, taken way too early, uh, Assassin's Bullet in, 19, in uh, 1968, and he would have been uh, still 95 years old. A lot of people around at 95 years old, and imagine what Martin Luther King could have done. Dr. Pamela Gums, I want to thank you very much for being here once again, and I look forward to speaking to you again. Okay, thank you very much. Frank McKay signing off. Dr. Pamela Gums has been our very special guest, and she is, uh, she is the president of, uh, and CEO of uh, United Pharmacy in Berkeley, California. And uh, keep, stay tuned for the documentary on her life and on her, her career. Um, I think you'll all enjoy it and binge listen to everything else that we've done. Uh, you can hear us on 124 different outlets. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.